Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Welcome to a brand new episode of the Creator's Outlet with our special guest tonight, the Comics Aardvok. How you doing, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Uh, pleasure to be here. Yeah, I, I had to go back and, and check the Indiegogo page and uh, be like, wow, he doesn't sound like he's from New York. Oh, well. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I was uh, cosmically displaced, let's put it that way. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, but uh, I'm here now, and I uh, yeah I reside in the United States, and uh, yeah, yeah, um, out here making making great comics, you know. Yeah, how long have you been out here? Uh, four years. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be an American next year. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Hey, Crazy Matt. Hail, Crazy Matt. He's a big, uh, big supporter of uh, of Aquila, of of of, uh, of me and my, you know, stuff I'm making out there. So, Crazy Matt, great guy, top fella. Really That's appreciate awesome. him. So, uh, let's start with a uh, a comic book bio of yourself, right? <clears throat> um. So, you mean like the history of? of how i got into comics making comics and yeah how you got into comics and uh how long right. you've been crafting so yeah um i've been i've wanted to be a writer ever since i was old enough to hold a pencil I, i've always been drawing like monsters and, and superheroes and um you know characters ever since i was a child and uh, particularly the writing i loved creating universes with uh, dynamic laws and and rules and all these kinds of uh tropes of a setting and really putting my own spin on, on things that i loved when i was growing up when i was a kid uh the the emergence into creating comics came around 2017 when um 
some pretty rough feedback I'd got a couple of years earlier had diverted me off the path of creating uh, comics, but some really positive reinforcement came in the way of a guy called Kim Osabe, who's out in this uh, oh, yeah. world. He really put me back on track and he gave me a lot of encouragement and told me that um, he thinks that I'm, I have the potential to be the best Silver Age comic writer who didn't live in the Silver Age, which that kind of phrase coming from a writer as good as him really steered me on the path. And within, it only took about five years, but uh, <laughs> I kind of crossed an, a milestone with my age recently and I realized I wasn't where I wanted to be when I was in the schoolyard um, 25, you know, 25 years earlier. And I really hit the start button on on getting into creating comics and and be, becoming a full-time writer and uh aquila is basically the first uh the first plant that is grown out of a seed that's been germy what's the word germiating uh for for a long time yeah i've talked to uh matter of fact i just had uh colonel crackhead on uh Jeremy Therfelt from uh, ZADE Studios. Right. Yeah, I'm a good friend of mine. I speak. I spoke. I spoke with them uh, quite a lot recently, and I'm I'm going to be on a show tomorrow. Oh, cool. Yeah, I had him. I had him on last Wednesday, and uh, his project uh, has been f- floating around, and he's been working on it since since he was in high school. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's quite, there's quite a few people like, yeah, I kind of came up with the base idea for this when I was like 10 years old. How right. old are you now? 55. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, before the internet, um, before crowdfunding, we a lot of people didn't really have the opportunity to uh, to get into, into this sector. And uh, it's not like... You know, it's not like applying for a job as a, I don't know, like a logistics coordinator, right? Where you you have a degree and then you apply for the position and then you, you know, you go through the interview and then eventually somebody gives you a job. Um, like e- even big, the big creators in this realm where we have people like EVS and Shane Davis and stuff. EVS was making indie comics himself. He was making Cyberfrog before he got a big job at DC and, and before he got a job at Marvel. Um, you know, but uh, back in those days, it was a lot easier, you know? Um, yeah. and, and it, was a lot, it was a lot more difficult, but I mean, it was a lot easier to get hired by Marvel and DC because they weren't run by commissars, right? Mm-hmm. Now, nowadays, for a, for a first-time creator, you know, in, in my shoes, um, you know religious catholic it's not really going to go down very well um it's getting a getting a job in in at the big two and and those kinds of opportunities don't present themselves like like they like they have anymore yeah i i think it's there there were you know bright sides to it back then uh and Mm -hmm. better sides to it now i think one of the one of the problems nowadays is like Anybody can make a comic. Yeah, but yeah. Make, it doesn't mean everybody should make a comic. Absolutely. Like, I would love to make a comic. I'm like, no, I don't finish anything. <laughs> Except this show, you know. Um, right. Yeah. Cows come home, but I'm like, I know what I like when I read something. But 
So just yeah. off of writing styles, because this book is, you know, superhero sci-fi stuff out in the cosmos. Yeah. Um, what creator uh, is is top of the notch for you as far as cosmic storytelling goes? So um, you'll. This is quite a contrarian opinion. I'm not uh, a weebophobe. I'm not afraid of things coming from the East. I'm very, very open about the fact that I'm very heavily inspired by Dragon Ball. And the reason for that is because because Akira Akira Toriyama, uh, regardless of where you stand on on the position, he's created a universe that is a perfect synthesis of fantasy and science fiction. Dragon Ball is so uniquely um you it's so uniquely constructed that you could have people talking about martial arts and chi and and you know uh uh, martial arts and chi and kind of taoist principles while simultaneously fighting an alien from another galaxy or another dimension who you know um who has a an alien empire that conquers worlds and then sells it for at a higher price? You know, like there's this weird kind of like seriousness and whimsicalness that is tied together at, within it, and so that is something that I I see um, I see as a, a big inspiration. But in addition to that, I also hold George Lucas very highly. One of the things I always say with Aquila is that um, I took everything that I loved when I was a child and put it in a blender and I it Aquila is what came out and that's what George Lucas did with Star Wars he got uh, retro science fiction serials he got uh, western movies and he got samurai movies and he put it he put that together and and uh, made made something called Star Wars which was quite popular <laughs> uh, it was quite popular for about 40 years until uh, until some some events happened but um you know, I've, those those two are really the people that I hold in highest esteem when it comes to creating comics. Made Dean, hail, hail, yeah. Dean is the um, very humble. He's the very a very humble guy. Um, he's he created the the one of the covers for the for the book, and he also did the letters. Um, so he's he's his touch is very much. Uh, He's got a bit of a Midas touch in a way. He's he's turned, he's helped make my writing turn into something a lot, uh, a lot, something gold. Yeah, uh, I I always say the the two keys to a book when you pick it up is you you want a um, you want a good letterer, you know, outside of the art and story, you want a good letterer and yeah. you want a good editor. Yeah, and I'm blessed because I think everybody that's touched this campaign has really elevated it in some way. Uh, people say that the letters are the soundtrack of the comic, and I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Dean very recently finished the letters on the uh, on the definitive edition of Aquila. He finished those uh, at the weekend, and I can tell it just bring, it just complete. The art is amazing and incredible, but again, it just elevates everything that um, that that Dean, uh, that, that Kari and Avery put on the page. Uh, the letters have just made it a whole other dimension. 
Crazy says humble isn't the word he'd use. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, th I think sometimes my sarcasm goes lost in translation. Um, <laughs> but Dean is one of those people where uh, he's his, his uh, how do I say, his, he is driven by, by, uh, he's driven by, you know, wanting to get better. He's very, I don't know how you, he's very, I don't know how you explain it. He, he, he's powered by, uh, by positive criticism. Um, and, you know, he, one of the reasons why he's leveling up so as quickly as he is as a creator is because of all the feedback people are giving him. The positive reinforcement really is it's very, uh, Maybe maybe it's the the secret to Dean's power. I don't know. Uh, I I think he just wants to make enough money to get out of Australia. <laughs> that could be true. That could be. I don't know. The digital comic cap capital of the world, because man, <laughs> to Australia is crazy. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the internet is making things a bit easier. Um, yeah. Like the the people that worked on it, this is an international team that worked on the comic. Uh, I've had. I wrote it, and then Kim Asabe edited it, so he's an Australian. Um, Michael Oden, who's um, an American, he also edited it. He co-edited oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I've um, known Oden for years, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've got three editors. And then Kari, who's the artist, she's from the Philippines. Um, nice. And Avery is also from the Philippines. I don't know what part they're from, but they could be from completely different islands in the Philippines. And, and the Philippines isn't like a monoculture where everybody's, you know, the... Uh, speaks the same language, has the same ethnic groups. The Philippines is a, is a, is a, is a patchwork of various different cultures. And, uh, and uh, on top of that, you know, I'm not, I'm not American. I'm not yet. At least I'm, I'm English. So uh, there's that touch as well. And like I said, everybody who's worked on the campaign is um, they've all brought their own style. They've all brought their own feet, their own uh, different ways to uh, elevate elevate the project and it, and it really is a team effort and it's been a, it's been a great experience and uh yeah just a great crop of people to work with and dean of dean of course yeah dean's australian as well so multi-continental uh effort oh yeah um matter of fact i bought the book that uh that uh the embrace that uh dean noden worked on it was fantastic <laughs> And yeah, it's 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 one of those books that you can really hold as a testament to. I really don't like to use the terminology, but the slumps, right? Um, because we're, we are we're out there and we're putting out books that are of the quality of the embrace. And the embrace is one of those, like I said, it's one of those books that you can say, well, why is it that a guy, two guys who have barely made any comics before? can put together a masterpiece and yet the, the mainstream and people who have got the backing of multi multi-billion dollar international conglomerates, they can't, you know, they can't put a, a book that looks as good or reads as well as the embrace. And if they yeah. do, it's like, Holy crap. You know, it's like a massive surprise. We're out here putting up books like Aquila and Beckoned and the embrace. We're out here putting out incredible books pretty much on a weekly basis. Like, um, and, you know, it just goes to show how much, the, the level of talent of people that we've got out here, and we're busting our asses as well. And it's, uh, you know, all the everything's eventually all these seeds will blossom into an incredible jungle of of uh, un, untold amounts of uh, bountifulness. Bountifulness, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Crazy says the embrace is a masterpiece. Number two is going to be exceptional. Well, going off the cover, going off the pages I've seen, going off all the conversations that I've had with Dean and Odin, because like I said, they worked on this project too. Um, you know, I've got a, I've got a group of people who are working on this comic and everything that they've done before, before this has been praised, you know, um, I, this is my first book, but it's, you know, Dean, uh, Dean provided the cover and the letters he's experienced. He's worked on the embrace. Um, Kimasabe, he's done company men, a book that was, uh, slipped under a radar for a lot of people, but it was a massive dark horse. And a lot of people had high praises with that book. And after it was, uh, you know, it, it was, it, get, it was given a boost when people received it and read it and all the high praise that it got when it was, uh, when people started to actually see what chemo was capable of. And um, with both those books, with the embrace and with, uh, with the embrace two and company men two, we're going to see, uh, we're, you know, touch wood. We're going to see, we're going to see those, uh, those two projects have, uh, incredible success if they continue on the trajectory that that the first two did oh yeah um i'm looking forward to it i always give dean a hard time when i catch him in a chat i'm like hey where's where's embrace number two <laughs> well um you know i've got some in insider information so um it's uh it, it's coming soon let's put it that way oh very good i'll be looking forward to that i'm sure absolutely uh, but so if you're Michael still waiting for the embrace, uh, strong recommendation that you get Aquila because you know the, the team that worked on that worked on Aquila as well. Oh and yeah, still in demand. So if you want something to uh, to plug the hole, you can definitely uh, you can definitely find uh, you can definitely find comfort in knowing that the uh, Aquila is out there. Speaking of which, let's take a look at this. Oh, I was I was already scrolling. So <laughs> it's it's still in demand. Aquila of the Phoenix Guard, yes. number one nightmare fuel. Yes. So let's start by asking, since you labeled it a number one. Yes. How many uh, how many issues do you see in uh, like the storyline, or at least the first arc? So. Um... What I want with this with this franchise, I guess you would call it, is that every comic is going to need to, is going to be somebody's first comic. Uh, that's a Stanley, you know, that's a Stanley motto that I've kind of taken to heart. Um, so every single issue of the story will have a different uh, bad guy, a different story, a different plot, different, you know, everything's going to be. Besides Aquila doing his job in the solar system, everything else is going to be different. Different planet, different moon, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, as of so far, um, I've written about 12, 12 full scripts um, for, oh, wow. this, for this character. Uh, like I said, there's no, there are some issues that are kind of like two-parters, maybe four-parters, but um, I'm, I would probably release them as like a compendium, you know, as like a, instead of, I'd probably do them as like a, a solid, like 100-page book or something, mm -hmm. uh, rather than release but I've so far I've done like 12, uh, 25, 16 to 25 page stories um, that and obviously we're in the draft stage. No, nothing's ever really finished until your artist starts drawing it. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, like I've done about 12. Uh, I see unlimited potential with this, with this story, with this character. Um, and uh, 
you know, the space is a big place. It's enormous. There's un, untold, uh, un, untold amounts of planets and stars and solar systems and galaxies that we can explore. But what makes Aquila different from a lot of other science fiction uh, superheroes is that he does small-scale crime. So he's a space cop. He's a member of an, uh, an organization called the Phoenix Guard. Every solar system has got one Phoenix Guard. Um, doesn't matter how much crime there is per solar system. Obviously, some neighborhoods are safer than others. It doesn't make any sense to us living on Earth, especially me living in New York. But um, the Phoenix, to an alien, it makes a lot of sense that uh, one Phoenix Guard per solar system. And it just so happens that our solar system, given that there's no not really much here, there's just a bunch of rocks and one planet with uh, savages that throw bits of metal at each other. Uh, we it's a good hideaway for alien criminals, and so our our corner of space is populated by the worst scum in the galaxy. And Aquila's got his hands cut out, and so I really wanted that to. Uh, sorry, Aquila's got a, a job really cut out for him. Um, and I, I really wanted to get that across with how the story is written, that every week there can be different villains. You know, some villains that have been hiding out there for years, some villains that are just passing through wanting to cause some trouble. Uh, yeah, and, that, and, and in this book, he comes across uh, the latter of, of sorts, a evil space squatch who is, uh, he's got a gang of, of criminal scum that deal deadly, explosive, spontaneously combustible, fuel that people are putting in their cars well their space cars hmm. well I'm looking I'm seeing 181 backers yeah and you didn't do too bad because uh, there was there were some uh, gorgeous pieces of original art that mm -hmm. were available when the campaign went live yeah I don't I don't suspect uh, they lasted very long. Uh, yeah, all three of them have been sold. Uh, the the Dean piece was sold to Crazy Mad, who is in the chat. Oh, uh, nice. He got that with it. I think he was like backer number seven or something, and he um, he got that. And he actually has the 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 Dean cover now in his possession physically. Uh, that's arrived all the way from Australia. Um, and the Elliot Rodriguez piece has has been uh, that was bought within the first ten hours when the Rich Ayala piece sold a bit later on in the campaign. Uh, but that's going to be shipped out when the books are printed. I love Rich. Rich and I are local to each other, so... Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. He's an amazing talent. Uh, he did a really cool uh, really cool piece that we're going to use as a trading card for the campaign. Uh, and, uh, yeah, like I said, everybody that contributed to this campaign has done a phenomenal, phenomenal job. So we had the Space Defender Pack. Yeah. Which was very popular. Yeah, yeah. These collectible boxes are all the rage because now you don't have to find a spot in your uh, in your collection depending on the size of the book to uh, <laughs> put, them in a, put them in a box. Right, and with the benefit of that, uh, of that book is that you'll get, uh, you'll get both, both editions of the book. You'll get a cool Phoenix Guard badge pin. Uh, you'll get a Black School Gang patch that you can uh, put on your clothing. And you're also going to get a really cool six-inch um, acrylic standee. So, um, you know, as well as the box, you get a bunch of other cool uh, cool items to flesh out your collection. 
on top of that, you also get the the other perks that everyone else gets too. Yeah, the uh, the standees have become very popular. I just got a, I just got like two mittfuls of standees in uh, <laughs> in my Mavericks uh, collector's box that came in the other week. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, it, they're very. Uh, they're a very uh, cool way of, of, of promoting your character and your, your project, uh, you know, uh, and, and if you're, you know, if you can't make action figures, they're the next best thing. Yeah. Cause you know, they come apart. They're, they're, they're more durable than action figures. If they, if they fall off the bookcase and they hit the floor, right. You know, the most they're going to do is come out of the, the push in stand piece. Right. So. And they're probably gonna, um, you know, they're probably easier to, easier to store as well, you know? Yeah. Um, if you need to move house or redecorate or whatever, they're really convenient. Um, but we've got a really cool standee. Uh, when, when you when we get down there on the page, we can take a look. It's, we've, got an, we've got an awesome... Uh, we've got an awesome contribution to the standee uh, for, uh, collections out there. And you have... Uh... Even though Dean's in the chat, I'm going to call it anyhow. You have the Australian variant prototype digital edition. If somebody <laughs> wants to check out like the original line line art and uh, no, 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 that's not what it is. No. Oh, okay, I stand no. corrected. So um, the original version of a so I, I kind of went into this blind. I didn't really know what I was doing. Like I said, it was a it was a spur of the moment kind of. I'm 30 years old. I haven't uh, I haven't I haven't achieved what I wanted to do in my life. And I kind of just spontaneously <laughs> found an artist online and, and asked him to, to, to make this script a reality. Um, and the unfortunate side effect of that is that it wasn't an artist who I knew personally. It wasn't an artist that I, I, I really knew their reputation. Um, and, you know, they tried their best. They tried really hard. They just weren't used to drawing science fiction. Um, and, they didn't quite uh, meet the expectations that I had. And, you know, at the time when I was um, promoting and when I was launching, there was some awesome, really amazing campaigns that were coming out. Roach Balls was coming out um, and uh, Reaper Destroyer was coming out. Cerebrum was coming out. These books that had phenomenal art. And I didn't want my first endeavor into the realm of Comicsgate to be a book that I wasn't completely happy with. So I took this enormous gamble and I, you know, I didn't want, I could, I wasn't comfortable with selling, selling to people who I, you know, going on streams and, and selling a book that I wasn't totally satisfied with. I didn't want people to spend their hard-earned cash, especially in today's economy. I didn't want people to, you know, blow um, an hour's wage or plus um, on a book that that they were going, I but I they would probably be unhappy with um, by the end of it, and so I took this huge gamble, but it definitely paid off, and I got the book completely redrawn by Kari Salviejo. Um, however, as a businessman, I still want to make money on that uh, original investment, right? Um, and I think there is a lot to be, there is some good stuff in there, and it's a good it's a good little uh, addition to the campaign. You can this prototype edition. Uh, it's got uh, a different ending. It's got a completely different oh. ending. So if you get uh, if you get this with the main edition with the Kari Salviejo art uh, and this additional uh, prototype edition, 
uh, you'll get two different endings. So you'll get two different stories, really. And uh, Dean did the letters on both both of those, and he'll he's in the chat right now, uh, Comics Mate. He'll, he'll confirm, yeah, it, they're diff completely different books, and they're well worth getting. Uh, just to just to you know compare and contrast really just to see the completely different art um, art styles and the different story and the different ending and the new ending is so much better as Dean says yeah the new ending yeah. is so much more exciting and you're gonna love it hey Jeremy welcome wow. hey. Oh, he's like becoming a bit of a local celebrity now he's uh making it big with his dragons content with his Game of Thrones content. So we're lucky that he's still hanging around with us down here. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate it, Jeremy. We're all going to make it, bro. The new ending is so much better. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we've got, you know, the art in is Kari and so much more, uh, dare I say, explosive ending. So, yeah, everyone's going to enjoy it when they when they get their hands on it. You know, because the book is so, sh is so short, because it's only 24 pages, I've not been able to reveal a lot because if I showed any more than I have, you know, everything in the book is going to be spoiled. So I'm really excited to see uh, how people respond to that third act when everything just kind of goes uh, goes haywire for Aquila. Honey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pandora's box opens. And the Interstellar Edition. Yes. So that's got the Dean cover. Uh, yeah. If you want to scroll down to the covers, and um, we'll get a bigger a bigger look at the uh, at the. So those are the pages. Those, that's what the interior art looks like. Uh, in, absolutely incredible. And like I said earlier, if you're impressed by that, Dean's letters have really just brought it to a whole other level. This book is probably going to be one of the best books, best looking books in in people's collections because it, it's just a phenomenal uh, piece of. Uh, piece of art, piece of uh, just uh, a great uh, collaboration. But uh, if you want to check out Dean's cover, it's completely hand-drawn, traditional, hand-inked, and hand-colored uh, hand uh, using Dean's tr trademark Copic style. There it is. There it is, yeah. Uh, I think there's a, you get a closer look as well when uh, on the... Uh, where the original art is. Uh, oh, there it is. Yeah. So Dean is an in absolutely incredible artist, and he's only leveling up. He's getting better and better by the day. And he did this completely traditional in a traditional uh, hand. All Everything on the page is done by hand. Um, he did it with Copic markers, which gives it that really vibrant uh, color palette. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, for just 10 bucks, you can get that, which is, you know, $10.00. It's uh, it's for what you're gonna get. It's really affordable and it's a really great entry entry point, especially with a cover looking like that. And it just goes further into stretch goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we have the Lone Phoenix Guard, which is is a wraparound cover. It's a virgin wraparound cover. I'm not sure if I can say that word, but it is a uh, it is a. Uh, it is a uh, wraparound cover, yes, yeah, so there's not going to be any title or, or names on the cover. It's just going to be that beautiful uh, standoff between Aquila and the Black School Gang. And uh, in this edition of the book, you're going to get uh, 
it's going to be uh, there's going to be some additional pages in the back with character profiles. Every character in this book is has got a uh, a backstory written for, written for them. Uh, some of them pages long. <laughs> Even the bad guys and the goons in the background, um, they're they've got back they've got backgrounds. Um, they've got homeworlds, origins, species, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and that's because you know, like I said earlier, I'm really inspired by George Lucas, and I love that. Uh, I love that some background character who was in who was in Jabba's palace has got a you know like 48 page backstory tell you know we know what their favorite food is we knew how many you we know what days his teeth fell out when he was a child you know it's like we have a, a very very and very very comprehensive backgrounds on on characters that don't seem to be uh of much importance to the main story but bring that brings a whole much deeper level of uh of uh what do you call it like world building, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, world building and and uh, immersion. That's the word I was looking for. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeremy says uh, that you're allowed to say wrap around. <laughs> well, it was the it was the word uh, before before that. I think maybe I can't say it. Uh, but, oh, I'll uh, say it. I don't care. Uh, yeah, virgin. Yeah. <laughs> virgin wraparound cover. So it's uh it's a good. It's a, you know, like I said, you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get that, and you're gonna get some bonus pages. You're gonna get behind the scenes. You can take a look at my terrible, very early sketch of a character that would uh, eventually become Aquila. Somehow, a drawing of a Roman soldier became a spe uh, space cop. Don't ask how. I don't know, but uh, it somehow he transformed. And you know, those Roman elements are still there with the character design in some places. Um, but uh, yeah, that was the, uh, you're going to get that. And you're going to get like a visual dictionary page where it just, you know, you get a, a diagram of Aquila with little arrows coming off him describing what each part of his suit does and all that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. And here's the Elliot Rodriguez original art. Yep. That got sold within 10 minutes, uh, within 10 hours of the campaign launching. Uh, if you scroll down, you can, you can show that. That's going to be a mini print that everybody gets. It'll be in the stretch goals section. Um, Here we, we go. Have the, um, yeah, so we all the stretch goals have met. So these are things that people definitely will get on the campaign. That's the Rich Ayala piece I talked about earlier. Rich, uh, that's going to be a trading card that everybody who backs gets. Um, like we said earlier, Rich is a phenomenal talent. I think he's one of the most unique artists in in in, in this space. We can see just by looking at it that it's a Rich Ayala piece. You know, oh, it's the Roach Balls guy. You know, mm -hmm. um, and I, I think if Heavy Metal Magazine was just starting up today, yeah, that he would have one hell of a career doing doing stories in that magazine. Absolutely. Um, and that's one of the downsides of of you know where we're where we where we are right now. But things are only growing. You know we're going to get bigger and bigger, and we're we're going to go places that uh, nobody's ever been before. We're gonna we're we've got such an incredible team of talent uh, in this area of the internet that um, we're just you know at any time we, we, it's going to blow up. So uh, we're, we're all going to go places. We're all going to make it. And uh, yeah, we're you're also going to get the uh, 6 a.m. comics magnet. 
they exist. They actually, I have them tangibly uh, in my living room, and there is one on my refrigerator right now. Oh, cool. So uh, I'm a mag lad. Some people are team bookmarks. Some people are team stickers. Uh, I, I'm a mag mag lad. I represent the magnet boys. Um, oh yeah, I, we're gonna. You know, people love the six a.m. mag uh, six a.m. stickers, and I took them to a whole new level with uh, magnetizing it. Yeah, it's like, well, I can just slap it on the on the fridge. You actually have three sides to your fridge that are usually vis- visible that you yeah. can put stuff on. And-, and, you know, like every day you're going to see it, you know, like you, you go to get your ice cream out your freezer and, you know, there's oh, a quilla. If only I had ice cream. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the uh, Elliot Rodriguez mini print. That thing yeah. is just so vibrantly gorgeous. Yeah, so that's done by a- the colors are by Avery Ferdinand, who did the colors of the of the book as well. Um, but Elliot is a little known talent right now. I think he's going to go places. He's got his own project um, on the way called Ominous. Uh, a, lo- a lot of people talking about books that they're excited for this year. Um, Elliot is a very you know, I was joking before when I called Dean humble. Uh, you know, no disrespect. Like that's just Dean's, <laughs> Dean's style. Is uh, he's he's very he's very uh, proud of, of of what he accomplishes. But Elliot, he's he's a bit more soft spoken. He's a bit quieter, and uh, he doesn't uh, quite get the attention that I think he deserves. He's an incredible talent, an amazingly nice guy, um, very just a good person you know when you like when you get the energy and you just know that somebody's a good person like outside of the internet you, you just he's a, just a phenomenal fella mm-hmm. and uh, he did this piece for me and he put he put his all into making it and he did an incredible uh he's an incredible talent and uh he really made a you know he really made a big splash when he when he presented this and when we got avery's colors to it it just ascended and uh everybody's going to be blessed when they get this mini print in in the mail with their comic um oh yeah hey Diggs, welcome hell and uh crazy said there dean consider him harassed uh dean doesn't harass me uh, it's it's uh, it's a mutual harassment. The mutual harassment society. Yeah. And yeah, that was the final stretch goal because originally the book was going to be black and white, um, and that was to because I want with Aquila what I want is a book that calls back to classic science fiction. So what I'm what I kind of like a tagline, a promotion um, statement, and I say, but I, I believe it is that Aquila is classic comic, um, a, a new comic with a classic feel. And I've made it so that visually it's stunning and it, it looks like a, like a 21st century, 22nd century, to be honest, comic. Um, but I wanted it to be a, like a golden age feel. I wanted it to, to call back to retro science fiction TV shows and science fiction shows from the... Um, you know, from the days of black and white television before Star Trek, things like 
things like Flash Gordon, things like uh, Book Rogers, you know, that type of thing. When mm. comic books used to be printed in newspapers um, in black and white, you know, that type of feel, that's what I wanted. Um, and uh, so we were going to do the book in completely in black and white. And then as a little experiment, we said, well, why don't we get one page colored? Let's see what happens if we get one page colored. And this was like three days before the campaign launched, right? So, um, and uh, we got one page colored and that was it. You know, like after we saw this, we were just incensed to get uh, to get the entire book colored. And, and thankfully we, we uh, we crossed we crossed over that landmark and we stre- we crossed over that stretch um oh yeah like just days hours before before the campaign wrapped up and the moment we it was announced that we're going it was going to be colored you know i think we we went up by like 10 20 20% um oh, nice. so it made a huge difference and i'm i'm very proud i'm very pleased that uh that, that now the book everybody's going to get is going to be the most colorful, the most spectacular, the most explosive comic they've had in years. And uh, the colors are really an important part of that. And you don't realize it until you kind of see the whole project um, as it was black and white and as it is now with the colors. It's like, get us over 6K or this beautiful page is coming your way in black and white. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't... I didn't quite put it like put it like that, um, but uh, that definitely was what uh, I guess the general sentiment was, and uh, we got that one done about halfway through the campaign as well, just as a just as an extra incentive. Um, and you know, Avery and Kari they did an incredible job, and Kari's art by itself, black and white, looked phenomenal. Um, but Avery's colors, just wow, you know. Yeah, this is just like out of the park. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I know I'm probably biased, but I think it really is one of the best looking comics, um, you know, mainstream and other otherwise. Uh, I think it's really one of the best comics that best looking comics that people are uh, people are going to get, and you know, things are only going up from here. You know, everybody's constantly leveling up. Uh, I've definitely grown as a creator. Um, everyone that contributed to the project has has grown as artists and editors, and and uh, we're only going to see more um, more amazing things come out of the people that worked on this project. And um, you know, I, I, I you want to be there at the start. You want to get the first Aquila. You want to have you want to have at least that to say, you know, mm-hmm. I was there before this thing really took off because you're going to get, it's going to be an amazing uh, journey. Yeah. I, I was always into like indie comics. Cause you know, back in the eighties, I was like, what do you mean? Indie comics. Was, yeah. Oh, it means people that don't work for Marvel in DC make comics. I go, really? Yeah. And then, you know, it's blown up in, uh, you know, I've gotten like great deals like online through like uh, you know Facebook live sales, mm-hmm. where um, like I scored uh, Mike Grell's entire uh, original run of uh, 
John Siebel freelance for right. like 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, just looking at his covers on that and I'm like, yeah, he went on to, you know, bigger and better things. And, you know, he's still doing, and then, you know, the guys that were huge when I was growing up in the industry have just turned around and be like, yeah, we're leaving this behind. I'm all set. And gone back and, you know, are w working on like their own creations or, you know, doing work for like other creators now. Yeah. Like, covers and stuff. Now, this Phoenix Guard badge pin. Yes. I'm looking at it and it almost looks like it might have been slightly inspired by uh, Judge Dredd. Not at all, actually. Wow. Um, it's just yeah. got that, you know, it's got that crest in the, and it made me think think of like the big shoulder pads that the judges mm -hmm. wear. and Right. Um, no, Judge Dredd is actually not, like the only inspiration that I take from Judge Dredd is, is from the, uh, the 2000 and, uh, what, what was it? 2011 movie, 2012 movie where at the end of this great, big, long chaotic struggle, he just gets on his bike and goes to his next mission. Um, mm -hmm. that's really what Aquila is inspired by. And if, if, but I've not actually read a Judge Dredd comic. So, um, oh, wow. the, the, the idea of the Phoenix guard, came out of the character being called Aquila. Um, the character was called Aquila because, as I said earlier, he was originally like a Roman soldier superhero. And I intended him to be this like Roman legionnaire, Captain America kind of thing, but he yep. got stuck in time and then he came out and it was the 21st century. And he was, instead of being an American GI, he was a Roman uh, legionnaire, right? That was the original. Somehow, I don't know how, but it turned into a it turned into a space cop. And uh, but I kept the name. I kept uh, I kept some of the uh, trappings of the that came with it. And um, and uh, so I came up with this uh, this idea called the Phoenix Guard. That sounds really cool. And ev so every um, I didn't want it to be like the Aquila Force. I didn't want it to be the because then. I didn't want it to be like the Aquila, the Aquila police or something like that, you know, um, because then it diminished the name of Aquila. If there's a million Aquilas, then there's only, he's not special, right? Mm -hmm. um, Aquila means eagle in Latin. So the, the flag of the Roman Empire, the emblem of the Roman Empire was the eagle, the Aquila. And so I took that and I decided that every Phoenix guard, when they are commissioned to protect their respective solar system, they have a name that is a Latin bird name, right? So there's Signa, um, who's kind of got like a swan element. There's Buteo, who's got a hawk element. These are what their animal names are, in, the bird names are in Latin. Um, you know, and thankfully, there's no shortage of taxonomical names for birds. So, um, you know, I wanted it to be these elements from the name that reflected in the character's design and made them different in a way, but also kind of tied them together as a unit, you know, as a, uh, as and so they, they all have the same uniform, but it's slightly different. If you have a look at like the Power Rangers, for example, their uniforms are all the same, but the T-Rex one has got a T-Rex helmet. The Triceratops one has got a Triceratops helmet, you know, like, and you can tell the difference. Um, if they were all, you know, black and white, you'd be able to tell which one was which just by the helmet designs. Yes. Um, and so that's what the Phoenix Guard uh, comes from. Um, 
the other thing is, is that police police shields in general have an eagle on them. Um, you know, if you look at the badge of like the, uh, um, you know, the, uh, I'm just going to verify this before I put my foot in my mouth. Um, <laughs> but the, you know, the badge of uh, the New York City police, for example, they've got an eagle on it, right? Um, yeah. The FBI logo, I think is an eagle if i'm not mistaken no no i'm wrong the cia web <laughs> but you know it's like a, it's like a um it's like a hallmark that the, a police symbol is an eagle right uh mm -hmm. it's either a star or an eagle and uh so that just seemed like the logical choice to have like a an avian phoenix as, as the symbol i like the colors on it but I was kind of disappointed there was no judge direction. Yeah, like you know, I I see where you're coming from. Um, mm -hmm. but it just it just uh, uh, it, it's pure if it, it's it's purely coincidental. Yeah. And this is the standy. Yeah, you're gonna get that as a six inch, six inch, um, acrylic standy. Um, I'm. I've been talking with the with the with the factory. We're gonna get them very soon. Um, I uh, and uh, you know Dean finished the letters as well. So uh, I wanna I wanna make sure that uh, we've got everything in order before I hit go and and everything is uh, starts on on its way. So um, the the standy they're gonna be great and I, they're gonna look amazing. You're gonna have a great uh gonna have a great experience with them cool yeah I, I like it it's it's uh it's kind of like a new wave thing you know <laughs> yeah it's like um we don't we didn't make like uh a quarter of a million dollars on the campaign so we can't afford to make ac action figures but right. we have this because all you're going to do with an action figure you might play with it a little bit when you first take it out of the package or like repose it or something but for the most part they all just stand on your shelves and 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 look pretty right you know? unless you have kids or or yeah. something like that oh, yeah. oh, oh stay away from daddy's action figures <laughs> uh but you know the most the most you're going to do is they're going to sit there they're going to look pretty and you're going to spend hours like looking up at them in in awe that those are your toys that are never to be played with right uh, and and this it's it's not a problem for these because you know yeah well um that's you know, their job they stand there and they look pretty yeah i mean there's a um yeah like in uh you know people have often compared comic comic heroes and superheroes to be like the 21st the 20th century's gods right the 20th century's idols this is a grant morrison thing i think other people have, have said it Mm -hmm. But um, a take that you know, I've just kind of made up on, on the spot here <laughs> is that um, when 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 the religions of Europe stopped worshiping idols and they transitioned to saints and 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 um, you know sim like they they started to use icons right they used pictures and perhaps there's something going on there where um, you know a, a pictorial representation is equally as cherished as a like you know 3d posable 
uh, parts sold separately, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe there's some kind of uh, mental transition going on on there. But um, yeah, you know, we're going to get a really cool, um, really cool standee. And look, if you think that looks cool, um, when, uh, when uh, Kari was writing the book, uh, when she was, sorry, when she was uh, drawing the book, she included Aquila and it was, this was like meant to be Aquila's grand entrance, right? Like he's stepping into the first time. This is the first time a comic reader is going to see him in the narrative ever. And he, he does this entrance and this was going to be, um, this was going to be it. And I was pleased with it. I was like, yeah, no, Kari, go for it. That looks awesome. She wasn't, she was like, nah, I can do better. So I just thought, well, I, I'm not going to let you just throw this out, <laughs> you know, because um, it looks awesome. So I, 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 I managed to to keep the file. I managed to, you know, convince her to give me the uh, give me the file. And, uh, you know, I'm a, very much a believer in using the whole buffalo, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, so we 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 had this amazing piece that wasn't going to see the light of day. And like I said, if you think that looks cool, wait until you Wait until you see the actual page with with, uh, with the different um, design because that is something she wasn't pleased with. <laughs> now, staring at this, it dawned on me mm-hmm. that he's that he's holding his pistol in his right hand. Yeah, and his holster's on his left. But the holster's on his left leg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think of it like a sword, right? Mm-hmm. Like. You know, like a cross draw. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because you've, yeah, you've, so you've seen that in like plenty of westerns where they, you know, they don't yeah. put their their pist- their six shooters in traditional spots. They're actually right. turned backwards so they cross over and draw them out. Right. Well, the 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 holster of the Phoenix Guard. I'm going to get into proper nerd ter- territory now. The uh, the holster of a Phoenix Guard is called a hyper holster, um, and not all Phoenix Guards come from Earth. Some of them come from different cultures. Some of them come from a place with higher gravity, where you know where bullets were never invented because there was, you know, it required greater um, greater propulsion to shoot a bullet. So um, they just stuck with swords. Some of them come from planets where they've got speed shields like in Dune, right? So they can't mm-hmm. use guns because that'll cause a nuclear explosion or, you know, you get, so, um, the Phoenix guard being a, being a very, uh, very diverse and inclusive organization, they've invented weapons that, uh, they've invented something called the hyperholst that were effectively, um, the weapon that you need, um, and prefer will be generated inside the holster. Oh, okay. So, um, where can I get one of those? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe if I can't get action figures, maybe I can get uh, I can get hyper holsters, and um, you know, uh, we can get something like that done. Maybe. Uh, oh, but, cool. <laughs> but. Yeah, so Aquila, he's originally from Earth. He's a cop from Earth. So, um, you know, he prefers to use a gun, but maybe sometimes he might need a gun. He might need a knife. Sometimes he might need a, he might need a spear. So long as the particles can be rearranged in, 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 into that shape. Um, you know, obviously they can't use the holster to create a tank, right? Like, mm-hmm. but, 
um, you know, the particles in that little pistol can re can reorganize into a uh, into a lasso or into a you know into a uh, shuriken or whatever you need. You know, very cool. Nunchaku. Yeah. Hail to uh, Ace. Yeah. Hail How him. are you? Good to see you. But I, I just really like the look of this, and of course the colors are like fantastic. Yeah, the colors really brought a whole, like I said, it just brought a whole different um, dimension to to what was already incredible artwork. Um, and when you know when you see when you see what the book actually is going to look like, you know, all twenty four pages, you're just going to be salivating. It's going to look good. The box is awesome with the artwork all over it. Yeah, and I actually, because uh, uh, the, the the service that I was using to uh, to create the boxes, they um, they underwent some changes, and uh, all the designs that I had saved uh, vanished. Um, so uh, I had to redo that actually, like recently. <coughs> Excuse wow. me. I had to redo that recently, and uh, so now it looks even better. Nice. I've got a. I've got a. I'm. I'm growing a collection of boxes now. <laughs> <clears throat> I got yeah. one uh, from uh, Chris Fisk for his first book. Uh -huh. I got the Mavericks one, and yeah, the boxes. I've got, here. I've got like. I've got like two or three of them, and I'm like. I've been putting them away, you know, I've got them in like a short box, so I'm putting the boxes in another box until I get my bookcases all, all set and my my comic cove all rearranged and then they'll go up on a special shelf. So Yeah, the boxes are the boxes are here to stay. Um I think, you know, the way things go a lot, you know, we, we people when they get a comic they get a lot of other stuff with it. Um and uh, you know, those places, those things might go in drawers, or they might go, you know, they might disappear. But if you get a box, everything's going to be in one place, you know. Crazy says he has a ginormous stack of Gemini mailers. Uh, he can send them to me. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I have use for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just 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 run them by uh, just run them by the city. Uh, so he can use those to uh, mail out the single issues. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, uh, a lot of people did the boxes. I, I don't. I'm not sure who was the first. I think Earth, maybe uh, he was the kind of genesis of it all. But um, you know, they're, they're good. They're good. They're they're a great. Um, they're a great thing to have, especially this one, because uh, you're gonna get a lot of cool stuff inside of it, and it's got beautiful artwork and. Um, you know, they make great backdrops as well, you know, to put on, um, you know, to put on a shelf or to, to kind of stand on a shelf, you know, like, a, mm -hmm. uh, and as DVDs are going out of, uh, going the way of the dinosaur, Blu-rays, you know, they're, they're becoming more of a collector's item. I think the tangible, the tan there's something very tangible about having a box and, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of room on, on, sh on shelves to put things, to put things, um, put things on them well i'm actually keeping all my dvds and well for the most part right. um 
there's a few of them like yeah i bought it because it was like on sale and i hadn't i hadn't seen that i figured you know what's what's an extra five bucks right but for the most part uh my dvds are like shows and movies that i grew up on Uh and like newer stuff that came out from you know i'm a I'm a Batman nut, and it wasn't up until about a year or so ago, about mm-hmm. two years ago, that I quit buying anything mainstream. Right. Like, the only thing I was getting from Marvel was uh, that last Hulk run, because I've been collecting Hulk forever. Uh-huh. Um, and that was just a great, great story arc. And uh, I've been collecting... I've been buying Batman and Detective Comics since like 1974. Wow! So uh, I unfortunately have sold my collection a bunch of times over. Uh, some and every time it was supposed to go to fix my car, it <laughs> ended up uh, just financing a different keg party. Um, uh, so that'll tell you uh, the age range I was in when I sold my collections. Right. Um, well, well, you can start an Aquila collection. Uh, oh, yeah. It's easy. Uh, it's right here. Right. So the, the important question is, how much longer will this be in demand? Right. So um, we've seen campaigns that, like like I said earlier, when people receive the book, um, they make like another 33%, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to be the case with Aquila. I mean, I don't want to jinx myself or, or put a curse on, my, on, on on the book or, or anything like that. Um, but um, I, I think when people get the book and they might start seeing it and more in more places to people, more people will talk about it. Uh, I'm confident enough in this book that there's, I, I expect there's going to be uh, a lot of word of mouth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty much indefinitely um you know i i don't want to kind of uh people of people are moving away to their own sites and so um even if uh even if it comes off indiegogo there might be alternate avenues to uh to purchase it in the near future but if you want to get it you know strong recommendation that you get a first printing yeah, because get, then you'll have get, the first printing of Aquila. <laughs> you will get the first printing of Aquila. You will get the Rich Ayala uh, trading, trading card. card. You'll yep. get the standee. You'll get the patches and magnets and all, yeah. the, all, all the extra cool stuff that comes with it. And if exactly. you buy the featured tier, you will get even more cool stuff. Exactly. And you get the box. You get yeah, the, and, uh, and the box. And you will have a box to keep it all in. Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously sooner the better, um, but, uh, yeah, we're, it's going to be in demand a little while longer. Okay. And then when Aquila 2 comes about, you know, we'll, uh, you know, we'll talk about maybe sending out a bundle, but that's, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. What usually happens is, uh, you know, in my experience is that usually about a month before somebody's going to start to promote the next issue, they take down the last one and then they make available 
like sometimes they do like a different cover for the number one to you know make sure everybody knows it's the second print but mm-hmm. the, you know you just keep doing your catch-up tier because you never know who hasn't seen this before and new people coming on all the time building your audience and yeah um, you know exactly and so, you know we're we're only gonna grow uh things are gonna explode and like i said we've got so much talent uh, out here but there's only a matter of time until some leviathan some whale is going to come across and and put a put a lot of uh backing into some of these projects so um it's good to keep everything fresh but also remind everybody of the product that you already have and that's that's out there and can can be purchased oh yeah this art is just gorgeous dude yeah it's uh you know i'm blessed i uh I I haven't like I have an incredible team and a great group of people that um, really put a lot of work into it and I'm kind of one of the be- benefits of uh, being in the position that I had is that everybody I'm, I'm I've hired they're all young they're all hungry you know they're all new they really want to make a bigger splash and and they're uh, they're only getting better. Everyone's just constantly evolving and, and improving. And there's no sign of stagnation. There's no sign of, you know, devolution. Everything's going to be, uh, everything's going to be awesome. Uh, and, and we're all going to make it. Crazy says forever. Stay in demand forever. I'll stay in demand. I might not stay in demand on Indiegogo. Yeah, there's there's lots of places coming up, and a lot of people are uh, forced. You know, when they have the ability to force to their own website, they'll yeah. usually do that. And exactly right. You and know. you know, um, sorry if you just heard somebody start like a jet engine or something outside. Uh, there's some volume coming from the other side of my window, <laughs> uh, but. Um, yeah, yeah, like you know, we're everyone's growing, and we're all growing as business people. We're all growing as financiers. You know, we're all getting good. We're all slowly but surely. We're all figuring it out. I'm, and you know, there's only. Um, I'm being careful what to say because I don't want any kind of retribution to happen from, I Indiegogo right now. But, uh, mm-hmm. um, but we're, you know, we're on our way to uh, to you know, when, when a significant portion of your fees are being taken by your platform, maybe it is a better idea to start cutting costs, right? Yeah. Or rather maximizing profit, I should say, rather. Yeah. Um, like I know, uh, I know Luke Stone is, uh, yeah. Launching fundmycomic.com. Uh, uh-huh. in a few more days and right. I know that uh, they are the lowest um, in fees they only they only uh, charge like two percent so right and all the money that he's all the money from what I've heard in streams that they're making there is just going back into uh, the IT crew that is responsible for all of that yeah <clears throat> and to keep everything you know, working and updated and, and the like, it's just going to, you know, 
pay to keep the site up and running. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, that, you know, that's just the mechanics of running a website, really. Um, yeah. Especially like a crowdfunding site, you know, it's, there's not really like a, um, there's not really a, uh, what do you want to call it? What's the word I'm looking for? It's not like a, a sub, uh, not sub stack. What am I thinking of? What's the company? Squarespace. There's not really a Squarespace template oh, for yeah. a crowdfunding site. Um, yeah. But there are, there are avenues. Um, Shopify is the one that's most talked about. You know, there are, there are ways to uh, to start. And, you know, if whatever works for you, if you think working, for, if you think going on Indiegogo and, and you think Indiegogo is driving all the traffic to your campaign, probably maybe it's a better, better idea to stay on Indiegogo. But, um, you know, for if you're a small campaign and you, you're, you've not made over $10,000 or you, you know, you're, you're, you want to, you know, just be, you just want to maximize your, uh, how much, how much money you get to take home. Uh, maybe it is a better idea to, to switch over to a different, uh, yeah, venue, to a different, yeah. a different venue. Uh, and if you own that venue, then those costs are going to be uh, cut even more. So, yeah. Um, but like I said, you know, I don't intend for Aquila to go into hiding anytime soon. As soon as I'm comfortable and as soon as everything's in people's hands, I want to get the ball rolling all over again. I want to get Aquila 2 out, out to you. I've got 12 scripts I've been sitting on. I'm, you know, waiting to, waiting to uh, give the, give the, give the comic treatment to and, and turn into, make it a, uh, make it a real thing because the script without, a final product is just it's just a napkin really isn't it so yeah and just uh, a space taker right exactly so um you know whatever you want to be you want to be there first you want to get the first edition aquila you want to get the first copy of the book strong recommendation that you uh you get it now you get it um before you know uh before we uh before we change things up and before, uh, yeah, before everyone else does. Cause you know, you don't want, like I said, the ending to this is so explosive and so chaotic that people are going to talk about it and you might get spoiled. Uh, and I, I really don't want that to happen. I want everyone to have that sort of glistening look of, of enjoyment in their eyes when, when they don't know what's going to happen next. So, Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me and chatting up. And, uh, you know, like they say, uh, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Absolutely. And if, I, hope, I, I doubt you're going to you're going to mind. Um, I think our friend, uh, mutual friend, Mr. Jeremy Theravo, Therano, I can't, Therano, Colonel Crackhead himself, uh, <laughs> Zade Studios is uh you, can't, you know, I am actually multilingual and yeah. I can speak like three languages other than English. And I can't believe I can't say his name. Um, it's because since, especially since French is one of those languages. Um, but JT. yeah, like, uh, he's, uh, he's going on, he's on Bancroft right now. So if everyone wants to jump over, um, yeah. and support yeah. him on the Bancroft channel, uh, go ahead. Strong recommendation that jump you do you get beckoned, uh, get beckoned, back beckoned, recourse. One of the Before most, gone, uh, one of the I, most incredible. I, did looking, my, I got mine today, so awesome! Uh, it's one of the most incredible looking comics out there. Oh, uh, that's gorgeous. Doesn't look like it's uh, doesn't look like it's uh, just going to be a single uh, a single 
standalone book either. I think there's going to be sequels. Zed has put half of his life, it seems, into into creating that project, and it would be a big shame if we didn't see more of it. So go out there, get Beckoned Recourse by Zade Studios, um, and uh, you won't be disappointed. Incredible work, incredible art, incredible story, incredible setting. Just go get it right now. Do it and now. Get to do the it now. And get to Bancroft Show for the closeout stream. Go support him over there. And uh, we will see everybody uh, next Wednesday right here on Creators Alley. Adios.